Welcome to the Dear Applicants podcast, where we dive into practical tips, insightful interviews, and explore personal stories that will hopefully inspire and motivate you to pursue your dreams and achieve your university admission goals. Well, hello, hello. Uh, welcome back to Dear Applicants. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me today is Pragya. Pragya, you want to introduce yourself? Hi. Uh, <laughs> how do I introduce myself? Yes, I'm where you Pragya. Went to school, where you grew up, what you did, why you're here. Oh, well, because you asked me to be here. Yes. Really. But in depth. Okay. Well, hi, I'm Pragya. Uh, I uh, am currently a well manager of the client advising team at Ivy Prep. Um, I My studied. Boss. Yeah. He's terrible. I studied um, at Yale and U.S. College in Singapore. Uh, before that, I was in India, uh, born and raised uh, same high school uh, as my secondary school, as my primary school. Um, moved to Singapore for college. Uh, have been here ever since, and have spent the last uh, three and a half ish years in the higher education consulting industry. Um, yeah. What well, else do you want to know? Thank you for that. Well, for context, uh, Pragya has been a stalwart in IV Prep <laughs> for the last few years. Uh, we've known each other for a long time now. And Since your I've, first day in Singapore. Yes, my well, first week. First week in And Singapore. I've had the privilege of knowing and working with Pragya across a, a multitude of, of different things uh, over the last six years now. Uh, and half of that has been spent at IV Prep, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, we brought her on board for this show. Yeah. Uh, I think because I thought it was important that people not just hear about the admissions process, the sort of ins and outs of it, but also get to know the people who have built Ivy Prep over mm -hmm. the last few years. Um, and of course, now that you're going to be leaving to do your master's, uh, I thought it was only fair to have you on this show. So thank you very much. Uh, and now we will stop reminiscing and, and talk about yeah, the good old days when you grew up in Amritsar. <laughs> uh, what was that like? Because you... Went to, well, I, I went to an ICSE school for a while as well before IB, but I think um, you had quite an interesting, yeah. well, interesting to people outside of India. Right? Okay, sure. An academic journey through high school. <laughs> do, you, do you want to walk us through some of that? Well, sure. I mean, I when I moved to Singapore, I found it really odd that, uh, well, folks change their primary school. And I mean, well, they change the secondary school and then they change their high school. So kind of the group of friends really changes. The teachers that you see around really changes. But for me, um, I went to the same school from nursery all the way up until I graduated from grade 12. Uh, my oldest best friend, uh, he and I have known each other since we were two. We met in pre-nursery and we were... Um, we were, uh, his name also starts from P. So it was always, he was role number 25 and I was role number 26 throughout. So kind of that's the environment that I really grew up in. So a lot of steadiness, a lot of stability. Um, my mom's a teacher in the same school. So that was always kind of awkward uh, because my friends said, if anyone is watching right now, they always thought that I got the papers leaked. Um, <laughs> and that was very closely tied to the fact that I was really good academically. Um, would usually kind of get the first prize uh, across all subjects. Um, I was a nerd. I really, 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 really enjoyed studying uh, much more than uh, I should have in hindsight. Uh, that was my whole life, honestly. I just studied. I just wanted to be the best. I wanted to be, I wanted to stand first always. Um, so that was, that was kind of like primary and secondary school. Uh, and then I think in high school, I kind of, um, I, well, well in, <laughs> well, in, well, in high school, I started participating in a lot of CCAs. Uh, 
I um, why if if you don't mind me interrupting, yeah. what precipitated that? Why the change from someone who was entirely focused on their books to someone who yeah. now explored a bunch of different things? Yeah. Well, okay. I fact factual sort of correction. I think uh, as a child, sort of growing up, my mum was really insistent on uh, building like a holistically developed child, right? Because mm. she was a teacher herself at that time, like 12 years into the teaching role. So she did put me into a lot of, okay, today you're going for an arts and craft class. Tomorrow you're learning tennis. Then the following year you're doing gymnastics. So I was kind of always doing something growing up. But it was only in high school that I started taking things very seriously. It was no longer that my mom is asking me, to go join these classes, but now I was opting in for a lot of these things. Um, I'm not really sure what precipitated it. Actually, no, I'd be lying if I if I if I um, said part of it didn't have to do with college admissions. I think um, I, I somewhere in grade nine or ten, I kind of knew I wanted to leave the country for higher education, and then we all just you know we we know Brain this drain. at Ivy Prep. <laughs> Tell that to Modi. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> so, you know, what we teach students at Ivy Prep, that your grades matter, but to a certain degree. After mm. that, what you do outside of school, what you're passionate about, what you're curious about. I think that kind of clicked in grade nine or 10 for me. Um, when you say they kind of clicked, did you read that somewhere? Was your mom feeding this to you? My mom. Okay. I think she was the driving force behind all of this. Um, and... She would kind of schedule all of these calls with her ex-students who'd sort of left the country, who were doing the kinds of things I wanted to do as a 14-year-old. So it just got, gave me a lot of exposure at that age. Yeah. So that was high school. Um, still very academically inclined. I don't think I ever let go of getting 100%. Well, 90% plus. Um, but I think so I can... Are you academically inclined or are you just like winning? Uh, yeah, I like winning. I couldn't. I couldn't. It's a bit I, of both, I guess. Yeah, I okay. couldn't bear the thought of being second. I didn't. Yeah. I. I didn't like it. But a lot has changed. A lot has changed since then. And when you were, when you took the time to then do all these different activities within and, and outside of school, what were the kinds of things that you were more focused on? I'm guessing you were like an MUN kid. I was. Aha. <laughs> always, always the case. Can Can any of us make it here without doing MUN no, in I high did, school? I did you did MUN yeah, too, did right? MUN. So. Bro, come on. We all did MUN. Uh, so MUN, I was a debater. I was the president. Well, who's well, I was the president of the Literary Society, but the vice president of the Student Council. Uh, so a lot of leadership positions. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I've, I've always described myself. I'm kind of like a jack of all trades, master of none. I think that's been true for my entire life. Uh, well, that's also why I was able to be good at my job at Ivy Prep. Um, managing the whole team because I don't think it required a specialist skill set, right? I just had to say, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I can do that. I can do a little bit of this. I can do a little bit of that. And then I can bring it all together, right? I think that's just been my life uh, throughout. Um, yeah, even college for that matter. And have you actively pursued being a, a jack of all trades? Or is that something that happens because you're inquisitive in a number of different directions? I think it's the latter. Okay. I don't think I think about it intentionally. To be very honest with you, I just get bored very easily. Okay. I'm a very easily bored person. So I need to be tinkering with a new idea, a new project. Uh, the downsides to it, right? Like that makes me a jack of all trades, very curious, very inquisitive. But that also means sometimes I don't follow through. Because if I get bored, I dip out. 
you can't do anything to keep me and so then why so single minded on going to university overseas why leave the beautiful motherland oh my dear beautiful gorgeous yeah. motherland um to be really honest with you i think when i was young it was the prestige that really um called out to me mm-hmm. i don't think there was any deeper meaning to me at the age of 14 saying i want to go to oxford or i want to go to yale or want to go to harvard it was just like it's yale it's harvard you know so the whole thing that we see with our students here at ivy prep it's only now that we've been through college well you and i went to the same college that we now realize that that prestige only carries you so far there's so much more that's important right in hindsight would i have stayed back in india to do my undergraduate i still don't think so um so there was the prestige part of it and i think second which is more accurate is i wanted um exposure i really wanted to not be with just people who looked like me and spoke the same language and had the same interests so that was very important yeah before we continue i would like to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review on your favorite platform your feedback helps us improve and to reach a wider audience to provide further insight into this arduous journey also if you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes feel free to email us at our email linked in the description below we'd love to hear from you and so why yale and us oh <laughs> well i wasn't even supposed to i didn't even know that a college called yale and us existed yeah. neither did you My did you my mom made me apply <laughs> well there you go so we all had those crazy <laughs> stories because it was new it was 3 years or well 2 years old mm, at the time that, the time that, that, that i you, applied yeah. you were the third batch i was the third batch um and and we, 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 i i did not know again amritsar small town i'm sure folks from delhi bombay knew about the college because blnus was uh putting its marketing efforts there but small town had never heard of it so i was actually applying to yale mm. through and the common app ah okay i mean yeah, who didn't yeah. who didn't you didn't have to pay any application fee you don't have to write any additional essay i mean my packet was going to yale anyway might as well send it to yale anyway so i didn't get into yale but i got into yale anyways and uh, i had honestly singapore was not even on the list for like 4 years i did not even know Singapore existed well I'd heard of it because like a distant uncle is he's a he's a sailor so he'd spend a lot of time half my family yes so he had spent a lot of time in uh, Singapore but that's all I knew about it really well then uh, you want me to tell the EYW story yeah i mean it's interesting oh well so at that time because the school was just being set up again actually before EYW you were interviewed i was interviewed And yes what was that like fantastic i think my interviewer from yale anyways made me feel very comfortable the student or was it no, a staff member no it was a staff member so i got in um and well like i said the school was just being set up um they were pouring a lot of money into attracting the talent that they had hand picked so they had this thing called the experience yale anyways weekend where they would fly free of cost all the students that they had admitted not the students who had accepted the offer but all the students who were admitted so a huge pool of about i think some 400 ish kids 300 400 ish kids and uh they would show you i mean when I, i i came here in i think it was april 20 god i'm old 2015 huh what a 
eight years yeah, ago? Yeah, it would have been April 2015. April 2015, right? About eight-ish years ago. So then, yeah, they showed Singapore. We did a bunch of mock classes. We met the future professors, saw what life was going to be like. Uh, at that time, the campus was not yet built. So my EY- uh-huh. So my EYW was still in RC4. And I just fell in love. Like, I know so many of us from Yale and US feel this way about why we chose it. But, well, it's not a but, it's an and. And I'm just one of them. I loved, loved, loved how curious the folks that I met, like classes 2017 and 2018 were. Um, loved the community spirit. Uh, loved the idea of being in a small college uh, getting exposure to all the subjects that we studied. Um, loved Singapore. Uh, too clean for my taste, but liked it. Well, loved is an, is an exaggeration. I liked it when I first got here. Um, and yeah, and then almost all the other options that I had in US and Canada became redundant. It was very clear to me. Everything that sort of melted here. away in Yale and US. With the I was like, Yale and US, you are the chosen one. So then I, yeah. I put my deposit in. You put your deposit in. And then, so <laughs> what was that, I guess, the, when Yale and US became a reality for you and you, yeah. you eventually showed up in August of 2015, yeah. it would have been, um, you know, yeah. you went through RCX and everything yeah. else that orientation entailed. Yeah. Uh, how was the shift away from living at home, uh, living Ooh. with family, people who looked like you, spoke the same language, yeah. had the same culture, to, to yeah. a place that is, is quite different? Stressful. Mm-hmm. So stressful. Uh I don't know what I was thinking, but I told my parents, I'm a strong, independent girl. You do not need to come to college to drop me off. Biggest mistake of my life. Well, you came here alone. Yeah. Oh. And my mom, both my parents would insist and they were like, are you sure? Like, this is the first time you're leaving the country for such an extended period of time. And I was like, no, 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 I can, I, I, I have my Wildcraft 70 kg bag on, like a freaking backpacker who's actually never backpacked, has her big like 40 kilos uh, suitcase on and she's on her way. And my, I think my parents were kind of proud. Oh my God, look at, look at, look at her. Like, she's so confident. But I think... They were also like, are you sure? Do you want to do this by yourself? So anyhow, I got here and it was really, uh, I think after the initial excitement wore off, first semester was really, really difficult. Um, My health took a toll. I gained uh, 10 kgs in four months. Um, Freshman 15 or more than that? It was more than that. It was way more than that. Uh, wasn't sleeping well. I just didn't know what was happening to my body and my mind. Like I was used to being the best in high school and now suddenly I'm losing control over everything. Um, Classes were challenging. Friendships were still forming. um, Had absolutely no connection to Singapore as a country. So didn't have like a pseudo home to go back to kind of on my own. Um, and then I went home after the first semester, um, saw some doctors, figured out what was going on. All of it was put on stress that I'm just really stressed. Uh, and then things kind of picked up. I think once I came back after my first winter break, things picked up. Um, not gonna say Yelanios was not stressful. I think it was really stressful for the following two and a half ish years, um, because it was very academically challenging. Um, yeah, I mean, those professors had reading <laughs> rubrics straight out of hell. That was, I mean, Jesus, what the hell was that stuff? To get an A yeah. at Yale and US was 
is the hardest thing. Like, I don't know what... I mean, I think it, it says a lot when exchange students show up from the Ivy Leagues and go, <laughs> what is and going like, on here? What, <laughs> what, <laughs> like, why is it so tough to get a Why are you all still here? Yeah. yeah, or like our, our friends, I didn't do a semester abroad. You did. So yeah, you should I, have things to say. But you did IHP. Yeah. You were traveling around. And anyway, I mean, that, that was fantastic. Yeah. But like my friends who went to Yale, uh, UPenn, SOAS... They would just go for the just semesters abroad through, and right? just be like... As long as you try, you're getting an A minus. Yeah, and I'm like, bro, I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm struggling so much. So it was just academically very, very rigorous. Um, in hindsight, I do not regret it. Oh, yeah, same, definitely. And I think, I mean, when I when I look at writing, I mean, of course, there are tons of people out there who are amazing yeah. writers and much yeah. better than me. And I'm not the most academic, although I... To get quite passionate about particular subjects, the, but exactly. but when I when I go through academic pieces um, of of sort of contemporaries who went to other universities, I think the difference is yeah. is pretty stark. Yeah. And so the rigor that I went through, and of course I was grateful enough to have you know, professors, thesis advisors yeah. that were incredibly harsh on my writing, but in a nurturing but for a reason. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm very grateful for that, and I think yeah. it's definitely helped. Uh, go from strength to strength yeah. help me go from strength to strength yeah. it's helped me so much in my work life mm. I think the stress I think learning to handle the stress and the pressure was the biggest uh, takeaways from my time at college because I felt like if I could survive this I can survive anything I'm invincible like that's how I felt when I graduated from college and I know that that was not just me but like my entire group of friends we were like we've been through hell but we've learned so much about ourselves. We've learned our boundaries. We've learned our thresholds. So in a way, in a very twisted way, it was also kind of enlightening. That pressure, that rigor. Um, I think so. it's one of those things you look back on. Correct. And you're like, you're yeah, like, it sucked at the time. Yeah. But okay, you know, I've learned to deliver. So much. And I think, it, I don't think it was unique to Yale and US, but definitely unique to, let's say, Yale and US, the US and yeah. the UK, as yeah. opposed to some of the classes that I took at other universities in Singapore um, is that because you're expected to show up having done the readings or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and and actively debate or participate in class Mm -hmm. discussions, you have a fire lit under your your rear end, right? So to speak, you need to (laughs) know what you're talking about. It's not the sort of place where you can show up and then the professor is droning on and on for hours and you go home with like some 5% class participation, right? Which means you're... Yeah. If you don't know it, at least you're figuring it, figuring out how to pretend that you know what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. My my smallest class at Yale and US was called Gender and Capital by one of these professors I adore to date. Um, it was five of us in the class. And it used to be a weekly three-hour seminar meeting, Fridays, 9 to 12. And Prof knew that it was Friday, it's 9 a.m., she would get us food every morning. Like there would be muffins. We'd look forward to the food prof's going to get for this class, right? So imagine the professor is sitting on this small table with you. There's you and five, well, four other peer mates from different cohorts, by the way. And it was a 4K module. And I took it in my second year, second semester. So I was sitting in a room of seniors who'd been there, done that, were stellar writers. And how can I show up? in this class without having done my readings. There's absolutely no way I can just be quiet. I have to talk. So that was one. Um, and then what was the average class size? 12, 18? As you go to 3 and 4K, then it falls. Small. To, I think 3K would be about 10, 12. Yeah. And 4K is what? 6. 6. So like um, really small yeah. class sizes. Yeah. The biggest 4K I had was the history of history. 
Which oh was, God! Uh, oh my God! I remember <laughs> that module. Which was a requirement for all history uh, history oh, majors, yes. and it was uh, well, all of us not knowing what was going on at <laughs> nine a.m. on a Thursday morning. <laughs> and I mean, this is like it's philosophy, right? Yeah, it's just this it's incredibly like Thomas Carlyle yeah. reading Marx's The Eighteenth Brumaire. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever it was, it was it was a lot. And yeah, <laughs> the yeah. professor walking in the first day and going. Well, as a philosopher, I'd much rather that this was at 9 p.m. Whose brain starts working at 9 p.m.? All of us sitting there with yeah, like coffees in our hands. It's freezing. Yeah. This was right after COVID. So we had uh, uh, we had to use the NUS halls. They were really cool. Right. And built for like 100 people. But they're like 10 of just us 10 of sitting in the front. So the AC is just <laughs> overpowered. And... Uh, but I mean, yeah. So I mean, all of us have incredibly fond memories of that class. Okay. I know a lot of students that still visit the professor. Yeah. Um, one of them, yeah. a mutual friend of ours, was was there. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend, and I was like, "Can you get them to write my reference letter?" So grad school, yeah. we all keep our notes for the history yeah. of history. It's in my bookshelf. Yeah, <laughs> I have. I so I'm moving countries in two weeks' time, and I opened this big bag where I had kept all my college stuff. I don't open it in three and a half years. I found all the notes from all the classes that I had loved. And I still have them. I couldn't find it in myself to throw them out. Very dinosaur of me, but they still exist. Now they've been shipped back home. <laughs> still have my history. I was opening it the other day. It's like coffee stains. There's like yeah. flakes from those chocolate croissants then, that they used to serve. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> all sitting there in between the, the, the pages. I was like, oh my God. It was like, good times. Oh God, good times. Loved it, loved it. That's all for today's episode of Dear Applicants. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you found the content valuable and insightful. If you'd like to learn more about our guests or the topics we discussed, be sure to check out our show notes for links and further resources.